Rediscover the 80s, your retro news and talk station. Welcome to the 80s Weekly, the latest retro pop culture news from the world of movies, streaming, video games, collectibles, and more. Here to deliver these headlines and tell you whether they are rad or bad, Jason and Wyatt. Welcome back to the 80s Weekly, right here on the Rediscover the 80s podcast station, your news and talk station as we are referring to it now. Jason here and Wyatt is here. I am here. Thanks for coming along. Let's see what the headlines are this week. Yeah, we've got a, uh, a four headlines we pulled from issue 12 that just dropped here recently. And uh, let's go ahead and kick things off. So our first headline, dear to my heart. <laughs> and, and maybe uh, that heart will suffer the consequences someday. But McDonald's welcomes back the McRib sandwich. Now in stores through the end of November, November 20th is what they're saying. How do you feel about the McRib? Do you like to get it as it comes back around? I do. It's a, it's actually a pleasant reminder of bygone, if you want to call it that. I mean, that mm-hmm. was a, like a novel thing when it came around for us, when it was in, first introduced. Rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was uh, actually introduced to the McDonald's menu in 1981. But after poor sales, it was removed from the menu in 85 and then reintroduced in 1989 and stayed on the menu until 2005 before going to this limited time menu, I guess I'll say, each year now. But uh, the real kicker is McDonald's is referring to this as the farewell tour. Which sounds like they're going to make it obsolete, which is sad because there's such a fan base for it there's people oh yeah go out and l- just cannot wait for this stuff to come out and uh, like I'm, you said, I'm holding my hand up you can't see it but i'm holding my hand up uh, i know you are <laughs> but the fact is you know it's there and then of course they pull it yeah i don't know again it's usually marketing and sales that drive it so i don't know if it's one of those love things that's loved for a day or two and then it's like yeah i don't whatever (laughs) and that's why they drop it again or if it's you know they do this to keep you enticed i I don't know what they're i've read some things over the years some people have said it's referencing the price of pork and they try to buy when the price drops or something uh, to supply them you know for the that little wave here at the end of the year now uh, if it had still been on the regular menu, I would get one every once in a while because I just, I don't know, I get a craving for them. I love the sloppy mess that it is. It's kind of fitting that they release it around Halloween because after you eat one, it looks like you murdered the thing. You know, <laughs> the barbecue right, right. sauce is everywhere. And I actually had one last week. I swung by after I heard it was coming out. And uh, one of my other friends said they found uh one they're already serving them at the mcdonald's near them so i decided to take a chance went in and there it was uh on friday and i texted my son because we have actually made special trips to mcdonald's just him and i to uh eat one because he loves them too and i said here look if you had uh, come into work today which he works for me part-time <laughs> i said you could have had one of these and i sent him a picture and he was uh, not happy about that and ended up going out and getting one himself. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy them. And this whole farewell tour thing, I don't know. I think that's kind of a marketing ploy itself because maybe they're just not sure about the the price of pork or whatever, you know, in the future right. that they don't want to commit to it coming back each year. So maybe it might be in a couple of years or something, but I can't see them totally getting rid of it. I can't see it, but if there's a new CEO, new finance guy, who knows? They could be True. making all that, all the big decisions and we won't hear about it until it's 20 years later and yeah, you know, well, out or whatever. Taco Bell, you know, and the, the Mexican pizza, that was such a big deal. It I came back, it, it went away again, you know, everybody ate them all, then it came back again. So that thing is come and gone. And I don't know, there's some other factors with that too. I've heard the the packaging and, and all that, getting the boxes since it's the larger box, you know, or whatever. But the McRib, I mean, it's that kind of longer box as well. So I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think it's all marketing. Probably, probably. Yeah. So as far as a rating for the McRib coming back, you know, definitely rad. Of course, my rad meter is all the way to that side. But the uh, the bad part of that is this farewell tour. If it is the farewell tour, I think that's a bad move. But uh, for the sandwich itself, of course, it's rad. <laughs> what I about you? Second that, it's, it's rad to me. So that leads us on to our next headline. Super Mario Brothers movie composer gives fans a sneak peek at Mario Suite Part 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, over on Nintendo Life is where we got this story. And uh, it, it was just a little quick thing. They showed like a, a piece of music, uh, a page, and then the, the composer conducting, you know, for the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I, th- I don't know. I just think it's interesting that uh, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of music involved with the movie According to Nintendo Life, where we got the story, Jack Black, who is playing Bowser, as previously mentioned, he will have a a musical side in the film. And then we also know that Keegan-Michael Key, who is doing Toad, has some kind of improvised song for the movie. So the music, if you think about it, you know, going all the way back to the original Super Mario Brothers, music is the key. It, It You hear that and it automatically kind of put you in the game, put you in a, a happy mood, like you're, you know, playing the game. So I think it's got to be essential to the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just looks great. The the teasers that they have out there. The only thing I'm a little disappointed is the, the animation, you know, more and more the animation is closer to, like I would say, closer to real life. And I was a little disappointed because it looks more cartoonish than, than I would say the, you know, Mm-hmm. The real life, even to compare it to Sonic. Right, know? right. Well, Sonic is a mix. So you got the character who's CGI and then, you know, we've got live action. But this, right. this is more that newer, I guess, newer style CGI that they're doing with the movie. I also thought it was fun uh, reading this story that the longtime composer, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Koji Kondo who is responsible for many of the iconic Super Mario songs is helping out with the music in the upcoming movie as well. So I'm excited. I am definitely, you know, we, we do our rad or bad rating. This is definitely rad to me and I'm 
very much excited for seeing the movie. What do you think about the Mario Brothers movie? Rad for you as well? Yes, rad. Okay. Well, from what I can tell, I believe it's coming out April 7th next year. So be looking out for that and has been giving a PG rating. So we know those couple little facts so far, but this should be uh, really fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do and finally giving us a truer Super Mario Brothers movie more than that uh, 90s abomination. You remember that one? (laughs) I do. (laughs) That was a little out there for my taste. All righty. Well, we are going to take a quick little break here before we get on to our next headlines. And we're going to let Mike Westfall tell you all about the Advent Calendar House podcast coming up in December. This holiday season, experience the joy of rewatching the same TV specials you watch every year in podcast form. It's the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. Countdown to Christmas Eve with a new episode every other day in December about a different holiday show. From the must-watch classics to the lost treasures at the bottom of the DVD bargain bin. Learn the answers to questions nobody asked, like, when is a magic hat you throw away no longer yours? How many Muppets can fit inside a farmhouse? How did cavemen know about Christmas? Why is Alf making me cry? Subscribe now at adventcalendar.house and get 12 episodes every December. But that's not all. You'll also get 12 more episodes during Christmas in July. Why am I talking like a car salesman? It's a free podcast. It's the Advent Calendar House, a podcast on the internet. It's the Advent Calendar House. Welcome back to the 80s Weekly. Lego Ideas. The never-ending story, the 40th anniversary project creation achieves a 10,000 supporters here yes. to create this big, huge, it looks like it's going to be like a, a, a several-piece Lego creation here. Of- yeah. So Lego Ideas, of course, is the site that people can submit their own creations and then people vote. And the magic number is that 10,000. So once it reaches 10,000, Lego officially looks at the project. So this is not necessarily meaning that it's going to happen, but it's to a point where it could happen or a very likely chance it could happen. Right. So that's for those of you who are not familiar with Lego ideas, but just looking at the picture here and they could probably include some more stuff with this. I would hope they would include uh Gamork the wolf, which scared me as a kid. But the yeah. main pieces here, if you haven't seen them in the 80s weekly issue, it's uh, Atreyu and, and his horse Artax. You've got uh, the princess, mm-hmm. a minifigure, and then of course Falcor. And uh, oh gosh, who's the little boy? Can't remember. And the book, of course. Right. He's holding the book. So that looks really fun to uh, bring the never ending story to a Lego format, you know, I'm actually liking this. I, I, I've watched this movie several times growing up. Uh, I don't think I've watched it as an adult, at least not, <laughs> not in the last, I'd say 15 years, arguably. Yeah. But, uh, I guess there's even a, there's even a little uh, set somewhere that has the dragon Falcor mm-hmm. that you could write on if you wanted to. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. That would be, uh, that would just be fun to bring that back. I have watched it a couple times over the last several years. Once, uh, probably about the time that we got Disney Plus, 
Well, we'll see. Was it Disney Plus? Might not be. I can't remember if it's over there, if it's its own thing. I don't, I don't, I guess it's not a Disney movie. Anyway, I remember watching it uh, with the boys and Gigi and them not being impressed with the animatronics <laughs> for, for some of the creatures. And I was like, oh, just ruin it for me because I loved the movie yeah. as a kid. They're spoiled by the new technology. That's right. So, uh, rad for this one? Yes, rad for this one. Yep, absolutely. All right, and we got one more headline for you. Hasbro debuts Dungeons & Dragons, transforming D20 Dicelings. Yes. Now, of course, uh, we're not into Dungeons & Dragons. We have uh, not played the game over the years in the least. So we're... I, I, well, at least I'll speak for myself. I'm a total poser when it comes to D and D, but of course <laughs> the the main thing with you know Dungeons and Dragons is that D twenty dice, that big ugly dice that you use when you play the game. And I thought this was great that Hasbro, of course, uh, who owns the Transformers franchise for for doing toys and everything. This is great. So you get a, a transforming D20 dice, and they've got four different ones, and you can see them here in the, the 80s weekly. A red dragon, black dragon, owl bear, and the beholder. And in roughly eight steps, and I, I got this information from Bleeding Cool, your uh, D20 dice becomes a monster, adding even more possibilities to your play. And if your dungeon master allows, these mighty dice could change up your game as you add a new collection to your own layer. So these are going for $14 each and looking like a March 2023 release. So, yeah, yeah, I know we're not into D&D, but uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. The dice look cool, but like you, I'm not a, not a Dungeons & Dragons fan, never got the interest. So I'm unfamiliar with it for a rating. It's kind of interesting because we're not into the D&D. So how would you rate this? Well, I, just for the concept, I'm leaning towards Rad on this one. I don't know how, if, if you're actually expected to roll these dice, though, with the things inside and trying to put it back together and it to be like a flat surface, you know, so it's it's equal, you know, when you roll the dice and you're not having like a, a leg of a dragon sticking out or something, you know, I don't know how playable they really are. I think it's more of a novelty kind of thing, but I don't know. I thought the concept was cool enough to, I'm in the rad side on this one. I would have to say rad just for the dice alone. That's about it. (laughs) Okay. So that will uh, actually do it for this week. Would love to hear your thoughts on each of these. We, pretty much gave them all rad this week nothing out there that upset us in the least (laughs) or had us leaning kind of the other way but would love to get your thoughts you can do that of course with your comments or through our telby voicemail link that you'll hear all about here in our outro and don't forget to subscribe to the 80s weekly newsletter Uh, issue 12 has many more headlines including a behind-the-scenes look at the new Willow series coming to Disney+. Plus. Were you a big Willow fan back in the day, Wyatt? You know, I was. I think I only ever watched it once, though. But I, I really liked that movie. Yeah, the setting we are now with the fantasy television series, we just had the Lord of the Rings and, of course, the 
House of the Dragon there for Game of Thrones. I think that's going to probably do well for Disney. Uh, also in the newsletter, the Ghostbusters official cookbook, which I actually got my hands on, Wyatt. So I'm going to try to do a recipe out of there. Oh, wow. And uh, post that up to YouTube. Also, Nike is bringing back the Terminator sneaker design from 1984. And a couple things for you to rediscover. The Bugle Boy brand of clothing. I think we both wore some Bugle Boy stuff back in the day, Wyatt. And the band Men at Work. Also, you can find out where they are uh, nowadays. So I think that's going to do it for the 80s Weekly this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to the 80s Weekly. For more headlines direct to your inbox, subscribe to the newsletter by clicking the link in today's show notes. Also find the Telby voicemail link to leave your feedback on today's headlines. Come back next week for more retro pop culture news on the 80s Weekly.